This week on Geek Explained, we're kicking off my birthday month and celebrating the release of TMNT Mutant Mayhem by going back to where it all began. Join me and returning guest Matt Draper as we wind the clock back to 1984 and revisit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. <laughs> Welcome back to Geeksplained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode kicks off August 2023, my birthday month. Uh, we've got a ton of great episodes for you this month, including this episode, which is a revisit of the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book. Way back in the far-flung age of 1984, two young men created a gritty, dark, realistic comic book about four ninja turtles fighting against a ninja clan on the gritty streets of New York City. Homaging comics by Frank Miller, Jack Kirby, and others, they created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And now, we are getting ready to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, an all-ages animated movie that looks like it is going to be an absolute blast. And so to celebrate all of that, we're going to be revisiting that first issue alongside Good Brother and at this point, recurring guest star of the podcast. You know him, you love him. It's Matt Draper. We've also got, of course, this week's Comics Countdown, where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, and the final weekly review on Secret Invasion, which... Woof. Uh, yeah, there's... Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're going to save that for later, but... Yeah, this is, uh, like I said, this is kicking off my birthday month. My birthday is August 12th, and so this entire month is going to be focusing on stuff that I like and stuff that I am really excited to talk about, just chock full of comic book conversations, so I hope you enjoy them. As for me, uh, the big news for me, the thing that I was really excited about was that Sound Cadence Studios is going to be bringing the... I'm so excited about this. So a little bit of context. I was a Digimon kid growing up. I love Digimon. Uh, Pokemon was fine, but Digimon was my shit. And we just got the announcement that Digimon Adventure, Digimon Our War Game, and Digimon Adventure, Adventure 02 Hurricane Touchdown is are getting new dubs. And I'm just, I'm really excited about that. Completely remastered. It's really exciting. If you're a Digimon fan, you got some goodness coming for you. But yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into this episode. Let's dig into the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as I and Matt Draper revisit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. I strike two on my way down. Donatello takes out a third with his staff. Already the pudgy ones are starting to panic. Raph loves this stuff. He's not alone. Why is he 
narrating. Is he crazy? Hardcore crazy. I love these guys! In 1984, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird took a silly one-off idea and turned it into one of the most iconic teams in pop culture. Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello have gone from the sewers of New York to the ends of the universe. And with nearly four decades of stories behind them, we're traveling back in time to see just how this tale of turtle power began. We are kicking off August and celebrating the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem by revisiting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, written and illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And I have a guest. Uh, it's already been spoiled because I already did the intro of this episode. But for those of you who just skip straight to it, first of all, how dare you? But second of all, I am joined by, you know him, you love him. He is the eternal heel, my legendary rival, uh, the best video machine himself. It's Matt Draper, everybody. Good to be here, brother. <laughs> How you doing, Draper Maniacs? <laughs> Just thought I'd play this banger as my intro today. Just feeling it. <laughs> Not July anymore, but well, I am I'm very excited to have you on here. And I'm really excited to hear about your new restaurant, Pasta Mania, that you're Oh yeah, Pasta back. Mania, brother. You got Hogan noodles, a little uh nasty boys fettuccine, <laughs> uh <laughs> Bruce the barber uh beef stroganoff. Uh <laughs> All my all my favorite dudes are coming with me to Pasta Mania, Jack. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, welcome back. It is it has been too long. I'm excited to have you on here and excited to have you talking turtles. I'm excited to be here too. Thank you. It, it last time was uh was um do a powerbomb. Yes. Yeah, it's God, been a really that was, huh? Yeah. Um, so it's been a while, you know, life goes on, but uh it's exciting to be here talking about turtles. I'm, I'm a longtime turtle fan, as uh, I think most people like of our age and interest I think they are. are. Yeah, kind of well, natural. Whether or not they knew that this was a comic book first, like I certainly mm -hmm. didn't when I was a kid. I just I loved that cartoon, man. Oh yeah, no the the original cartoon was was absolutely got me into it, and then the video games. Yes, also. absolutely. Um, and I didn't get into the comic books themselves like until like a decent amount of time later. Yeah, um, we're to the point of, you know, what we'll be talking about today is sort of like a big tonal whiplash, almost yes. like like in the context, even though it comes first. But um, I mean, my, my question for you is, uh, in your opinion, top five greatest uh, wrestler uh, theme songs go. Oh, OK. Um, here we go. Um, I'm a sucker for Viva La Raza, uh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's. Oh, you mean um, the LWO? The LWO? <laughs> 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 um, uh, HBK, gotta have it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotta have it. The, if you sing your own theme song, oh, there's yeah. a lot of, you get a lot of points <laughs> for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
honestly, and I might this might be an unpopular opinion, uh EC3's trouble theme song <laughs> from TNA, trouble, trouble, right, that... trouble, 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 trouble. You're right, that is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that is a banger, and I will not be silenced. <laughs> um I actually I really dig um this also might be an unpopular opinion. Um, Sean Spears AW music is really, really good. I, I'm 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 blanking on it right now. Yeah. He doesn't show up very up. often anymore. You'll no, have to you'll have sorry. To, have to go sorry, back. Sean. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> um I I also I love and this is one that I don't think a lot of people know, uh AJ Styles ROH theme. His demigods. Okay. While when he was doing his journeyman like post TNA pre WWE thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, slaps. It's real good. And then, man. Um, oh, classic, classic Chris Jericho. Like the original, oh, yeah. like break mm-hmm. the walls down. I think is iconic. Oh, uh, you know I got you. Yeah. <laughs> break the walls down. Like it's. <laughs> Oh my! Like that is a they banger should, upon. They a banger. should start every theme with that. Yeah, I get you hyped. You know, you just, you just, just, just you know un- I got gotcha. you. Undertaker comes back is like gong. Yeah. You know I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, burn it. Like I'm yeah. into it. Okay, but how about you? Top five. I gotta go with a real American four times brother, and then <laughs> uh, the NWO theme, Jack. Fucked <laughs> up for that. Oh man, uh, that's tough. It's really tough. It's like what gets me hyped. I gotta go with Shinsuke Nakamura's. Theme oh, that's a great one. In WWE, that's a great uh, and, call. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I, I am a pretty big fan of of uh Jane being used for OC. That's also really the, good. The ace of AEW, ding, Orange ding, Cassidy. Ding 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 ding. Like, oh, that gets me yeah. hyped um you know it's like what is it like what like when it start when that when the music starts if it gets you hyped and you're ready for whatever comes next that's the mark of a great theme song yeah and half of that is the song and half of that is the wrestler right for sure like you can have great songs with bad wrestlers or bad songs with great wrestlers and mm-hmm. you know they kind of level each other out right but um i'm thinking about what else uh i mean you mentioned some great ones uh gosh I mean, Stone Cold, classic, classic, classic thing, classic. you know. You almost have uh, to set that to the side because it's like everybody knows that like, yeah, this is iconic. It's like one of the best. Yeah, it's just like, and it, it perfectly sets the, the tone. Shit's about yes. to go down, right? Something's going to get broken like right now. So there's that, you know. Um, I mean, the Undertaker's theme is great because it's so iconic. And you, you mm-hmm. get, you know, you can take a 10 minute break if you need to before the match starts uh True. <laughs> um but what else gosh uh i'm trying to think of i mean okada with coin drop pretty Ding, iconic yeah um what else i mean i love kenny omega's battle cry um, I don't think but devil I, sky is also great yeah both of those are incredible mm-hmm and Colt's personality for punk yes um but i like all of his themes uh yeah i think he's had like a bunch of awesome themes absolutely uh kazaria kantare great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this fire I, burns i'm a I huge kill switch fan yes uh but yeah i mean uh but kill switch with howard at the at, as the, yes. the front 100 specifically that's yes, my yes, yes. era <laughs> <Before> <laughs> then, well, whatever 
Although Howard's covers of before that, great. After that, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. No offense. No offense. Kill switch. I'm sorry. Uh, you, know, but... you know who I don't think has ever had a bad theme? Samoa Joe. That's All true. All of his stuff yeah, yeah. is mm-hmm. so, especially like when he's like, oh, I'm just going to have like a Godzilla roar at the beginning of every, <laughs> yeah. let's just do it. Because it sets, it's again, like that same, um, you know, Stone Cold thing. It's just like that. it's like immediately it's like oh shit it's joe Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the crowd chanting joe you know yeah um but yeah i mean those are some i'm sure i'm leaving out some if they pop to mind during this this episode i'll i'll just start yelling them yeah we we both will because like the more you Uh, were talking about it's like yeah fucking shit's okay yeah that's great (laughs) yeah that's good cody rhodes adrenaline (laughs) in my soul Something, something, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Like, <laughs> I love that theme. I was a, I was a, I was on board with that immediately when that song dropped. Like, mm-hmm. when he first left and he showed up in TNA of all places in his little bomber jacket and his Legend of Zelda tights, <laughs> I was like, I am in on everything he does from here on forward. And it hasn't let me down since. You sure about that? At any point. <laughs> it's never no. been a rough ride. Never been on a rough ride. No adversity. No adversity, whatsoever. brother. Oh my gosh. No adversity, oh. pal. We um, what? Uh, we got SummerSlam this weekend. SummerSlam is this weekend. Fighting Brock Lesnar for the third time. They still haven't announced a stipulation. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna. It's just a regular fight. I I know he's been really pulling for the bull rope, and I think bull rope would be a fantastic choice. But and Brock is like. I don't want to work harder. <laughs> it, it's it's the it's the WrestleMania Dean Ambrose problem. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what a maybe the highest fall I've ever done expectations wise for a match. Yeah, like this is going to be incredible. It's going to be crazy, and then just two suplexes and an F five, brother. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wonder why Mox left. <laughs> seriously like i don't know yeah it's yeah. but but it's exciting and i'm excited for uh travel combat travel oh yeah oh the travel combat. yeah 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 I, I i'm hoping that'll be good i'm i think that i mean all the matches with the bloodline in the last this year even all this year Incredible. Have been great uh great storytelling great emotion interest just the way that everything builds off itself is like I would have sworn that everything was going to end at WrestleMania. Same. And I think, I think it was still the way that all went down was a disappointment. Agreed. It really I was. still think it was the wrong choice. Uh, but everything post that has, has been great. Yeah. Um, you know, with the fracturing of the bloodline and Sammy and KO beating Roman and solo and all that sort of stuff. And Jay's Jay's turn, Jimmy's turn. Oh man, that moment, the moment on SmackDown when he's like yelling at, at Jay's like, you're out and I'm, and out, I'm out too. too. And then super he's kicks super, oh man. You know, I, I am realizing the last time we talked was in December because all of this happened between then. <laughs> well, still... we, we, we've messaged a lot about it. True. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in and... our, in our live chat, <laughs> our live <laughs> WrestleMania chat with Owen. Oh uh, man. That was what a, <laughs> I, I have never been, self-owned like i was on that evening of night too when i i uttered the and i knew it was a mistake when i did it i uttered the words in our live chat 
maybe this might be one of the best WrestleMania made events of all time. And literally five minutes later. Yeah. Adrenaline I got left my soul. And <laughs> it was, oh my God. And that moment where Haluva kick, stunner, oh. crossroads, and then he gets spiked and Roman's like shrugs it off and like spears him and pins him. Yeah. Cody has to stop doing multiple crossroads. He does. He has he to does. stop doing multiple crossroads. He loves like, that roll through. It, it's like you remember when Cena was doing like the three AAs. Like he he like he had a whole thing where he's like, I gotta do three of them so I can show this cool rollover move I learned. <laughs> no, it's all about the lightning fist, Cena. It's all about the lightning fist. <laughs> uh, the charge yeah. up. Oh and then he God. taps them with the back of his head. <laughs> And they they just oh they sprawl out oh the most devastating maneuver in sports entertainment. Tell me how that is different from the cobra. Tell me <laughs> how that is different from the cobra. It's not the no the cobra is way better. It is you're right. It, he, he at least on. he puts the sleeve on. He does it. He hits the points. You know, like he's <laughs> yeah. in Kung Fu Hustle. And then have you ever seen Kung Fu Hustle? Matt, Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. Kung Fu Hustle is one of my top ten movies of all time. Okay, amazing movie. But when Incredible. Stephen Chow is doing the Cobra on the, <laughs> he gets the, his the ass bus. kicked on the bus. Yeah, yeah, it's, that is the Cobra, and like, at least he hits the guy, yeah. right? <laughs> he actually True. makes contact. Um, but it when when you have to do your maneuver multiple times in a row for it to result in a pinfall, then you cheapen your maneuver. Yeah, it's true. You know, 100%. Brock doesn't do F5, F5, F5. It's one. And if it doesn't work, if he, if someone kicks out, then it's another. Yeah. You know, he doesn't do multiple for, he doesn't spam to like, you know, get their percentage down. Hey, ne- next WrestleMania, Cody's going to hit 10 of those before he pins Roman. He's just going to be rolling he, along, yeah, the, yeah. along the mat be in a row. Of, it, down the ramp, <laughs> into the ring, out of the ring, Around in, onto the, the ring. table, through the table. <laughs> Back, back into, into the, the ring, ring. Yeah. and hits three more and then he pins it and then roman gets up spin one two three roman retains <laughs> no we, we got to make sure he hits it kicks out solo gets in there spikes him then roman hits a spear one, two, three. i'm just waiting for solo to turn on roman you know that's the that's gonna be thing, a great right? match whenever they get to it mm-hmm. who knows when that's gonna happen in the larger scheme of things i mean since jay is fighting roman now I don't expect him to win. I just don't. I don't either. But uh, like, it, it would make sense, like on paper. I, I, yeah, but you've got Jimmy taken out. When's when's he gonna come back? You know right. how that will play into everything. Solo, I'm sure, will eventually turn on Roman. I think main event WrestleMania 40 night two. It's Tribal Chief Roman Reigns versus the Wise Man Paul Heyman. <laughs> he was the true. The yeah. true uh, source of this the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny he's the main too, character because like he's one hundred percent getting involved. Like mm-hmm. this, this what is it? Saturday, the Saturday. I, sat- I think it's Saturday. Th- this yeah. weekend, whatever. Yeah, because it's like no blood relatives can get involved, and it's like, are we all clearly forgetting that Paul Heyman is a pasty white man and he is definitely <laughs> not Samoan? Uh, <laughs> he's getting involved here. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is somehow. I, I, it'll be in, that stipulation means that someone else is going to have to like be injected into the storyline. Yeah, I, I think since, since uh, Kevin is injured, Sammy is 100% showing up in this match. I can see it. 
especially I mean, with his history with Jay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could totally see that. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, it's, it's nice to actually be excited about WWE. Isn't it <laughs> no. just? Isn't it just? Because there was so long. And listeners, if you're not in on this, like you've already skipped forward. But like <laughs> plus ten, plus ten, plus ten, plus ten, plus ten. Uh, like there was such a long period where it was just such a slog to get through WWE anything. Yeah. That it's Absolutely. really exciting. Like the year 2019 did not happen for me when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to WWE. Like that was you had Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and whatever her name is. Oh, like, yeah. Bad times. <laughs> so it's just cool to have things to be excited about on both yeah. sides of the aisle. Yeah, absolutely. Like AEW is also cooking right now. Oh yeah, um, uh, Dynamite and Collision are, are really going well. Don't um, forget Rampage. <laughs> Rampage is bonus content. Yeah. <laughs> Rampage is the Patreon. <laughs> Put some effort in. You know, you don't have to get it to know what's going on. It's nice yeah. if you subscribe. <laughs> cool. Give uh, me your money. Don't worry about it. It's all right. uh, <laughs> not yeah. necessarily viewing. Just tell me what's happening at all in. I want to know yeah. what's happening all in and all out. Like, I know this is the complaint that people have all the time about AEW. Build the show, Tony. Yeah, book, book it. Um, tell me what's going on. Like, just we we the, we need to know what the hell Owen's going to be saying whenever he goes. I know to that it's show. Exciting. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm gonna be honest. Oh yeah, me too. I'm I'm super jealous because Webley sounds like it's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah, I think they're going to be a great audience. It's going to be popping off. And I'm sure it's going to be crazy big matches. Um, They've already sold a ton, but I know they want to. I'm sure they're going to blow it out. I know that it's the 200th episode of Dynamite um, this week. This week, too. Wow. This week. So I think that's when you get the like roll into all in, all out as you as you get there. Um, uh, Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, but um, I'm just glad that Better Than You, Baby, is still friends. Ooh, stress. stress. Emotions. The best, the best story of the summer, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, that's been pretty great. Um, is the moment when MJF is like, man, video games are kind of fun if you have a buddy to play them with. Breaks my heart. <laughs> Breaks my heart every time. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time, MJF. He's... I somehow consistently underrate him same and every time he wrestles or he does a promo i'm just like damn like we forget we forget that he is actually really good at this uh-huh yeah oh and like uh you know he's done it in a bunch of different types of matches this year he's done all sorts of different things and angles he's really shown what he can do the uh the, uh, the iron man yes with d bry bry d like, <laughs> amazing amazing Incredible. i mean you're you're wrestling with with Danielson, so you're gonna get something good. But yes. you know, obviously, they're both pulling that weight for sixty minutes, and the way that it, that story went is really fantastic. And um, you know, uh, we Forbidden Door was good too, great um, show. But Danielson versus Okada wasn't as good as Danielson. No, I really wanted it to be, but and it, well, I, he did. He broke his arm. I mean, like ten minutes in, and it's like. What is he supposed to do with that? And then he comp- continues to wrestle for a while. Yeah. And like, it just was like, you could tell the match was going to get into another gear. And then that happens. And it, yeah. it like just, you know, it, it slows down. You can't quite do everything. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so obviously Omega Osprey 2 was the highlight of that night. Um, so although the the four-way the four for way. Intercontinental with OC and everybody was amazing. Everyone getting their stuff in. Like you Daniel said, Garcia, Daniel Garcia dancing. His stupid dancing dance. Chops. His stupid dance, man. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but like Daniel Garcia... I'm I'm less hyped about him than I was when that whole mm-hmm. wrestler versus sports entertainer thing started. But yes. God bless him for continuing to try and get that dance over. <laughs> he's great. I mean he's great. I, I think that what like most angles with Jericho, they it went on too long and they fumbled about the six ball. months too long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The rumor for all in is that it's Osprey versus Jericho. God, I hope not. Everyone's I like, mean I mean, I'm sure the match would be great because it's Osprey. But like right. I don't need to see that at all. Because you got one person who can go versus one person who can't anymore. That Jericho's Ocho run was really good, but it yes. was the last gas in the tank. Yeah. That's it. He's done. Yeah. That and and it's unfortunate. And that's okay. That's okay. He's in his fifties. And he's not Jeff Jarrett. Like <laughs> who can wrestle until the end of time. Who's just been doing the same? He's just been at the same Jer- level. Jericho just needs to get his his TNA uh, match format. Mm-hmm. That's just what ref, he needs. Yeah, ref bump, low blow, guitar, guitar shot, shot stroke. stroke. My world. <laughs> maybe they put. Maybe they give Jericho my world. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh god. Um, you know, Judas is actually a really great. Judas is great. Great yeah. theme song. That's the that's kind of what's carrying him. Yeah, like unfortunately, is the crowd really loves Judas and they love to sing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides yeah. that, there's uh, there, there are certain wrestlers who are carried by their their themes. I mean, carrying cross. This- Carrying Cross. Matt's saying this as a personal attack to me because I keep trying to defend Carrying Cross and then they keep giving him shit. Um, <laughs> what I, I hate to fuck say it, is his new finisher. I think it, it's, hey, <laughs> let me try and do a flip on an F5 and it just being really weird. Pump handle flatliner F5. Okay, That's no, what it is. <clears throat> no finisher should start with a pump handle. I'm sorry. Hey. No, no finisher. Riptide? No, no, no. Riptide is good because the pump handle is held all the way through into the slam. Okay. Pump handle holding slam versus I'm going to pump handle you onto my shoulder and then do a bunch of other business. It's all business, business, business. That's fair. That's fair. It's like, just put him on your shoulder. You're right. You're right. Fair point. Fair point. I I think also someone who unfortunately I think gets carried a lot by his themes and his entrances, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, the guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy, no sympathy for the devil here. For... I don't know. I know. I'm sure he seems to be going through some stuff. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, you know, sure he's a wonderful person. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad, but that was the most disappointing return, like in the history of wrestling. Especially coming off of that return, which was awesome. That that return at um. The extreme rules, Probably. cool. And then the first night back promo, good, and set up some mystery with un- Uncle Howdy. And then oh it boy, all Uncle fell Howdy. Apart. And then Ellie, Ellie Knight, yeah, like got to 
just be like, okay, like I'm Teflon basically like got through that whole thing. And he was like the squash guy for Wyatt and he comes out amazing. Amazing. And Wyatt just goes down the drain and LA Knight, you know, I'm part of the yeah movement. Like yeah movement. Let's uh let's get some yeah. gold on him. <laughs> I, I, but, I really want him to start calling people dummies again. It's funny, I saw an interview with him where it was with uh, Chris Van Vliet and it was like, When are you gonna bring back dummy? And he was like, if it if it happens, it's gotta come back organically if it's the right time for that. So Okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. He's gotten over like five other phrases already. <laughs> so True. You know, he, he, I guess he can add another one. He doesn't need it yet. He's, yeah, he's. Oh man, oh. I, I've just been so high on him for so long, and they keep spoon feeding us. Like, like oh, uh, it's uh, coming, it's coming. Don't worry. Money in the bank, no. Uh, this, you know, you know, matches for the contender, no. But the, I think because he's choice. because you know, you know what is that? I think that he's so over with the crowd that they're like, he doesn't have to win right now. To, but to he should. Over. He should. But he should. Yes, obviously. Yeah. He, he kind of but, does have to win because at a certain point, people are gonna start to be like, "Oh, yeah. he's just Bray Wyatt. He talks a big game and he loses all the time." So yes, like, except his matches are are fun. Like he's, I think the LA Knight has. I think the LA Knight's matches are good. I think they're good. I think he's a much more capable in ring performer than Bray Wyatt. Like that is arguable. I think. I. I don't think I don't think Bray Wyatt can go <laughs> like <laughs> but but I think similarly it's someone who like their their the money isn't in their work rate it's in their character work oh yeah absolutely yeah but Bray would just do spooky shit no sell you know true sis, you know and sister Abigail it's just like Ellie and I can actually go in the ring, you know, and have that's, a good match. It's... That's his, that, that, that's Bray's my world. Rocking chair, yeah. spooky bullshit. Sister <laughs> Abigail. Don't forget going upside down. Oh, yeah. Upside down. Sister Abigail. My yeah. world. <laughs> they should give him my world. They come back to my world. Uh, yeah, Teenage it's... Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how were you introduced to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I guess it would be that original cartoon yeah. in the 90s. I don't remember the first time that I saw TMNT. I just was like, oh, I'm a fan. Like, earliest memories, it was like, I like turtles. And, you know, they were everywhere, right? They yeah. had the, the movies, God, the cartoon, toys out the wazoo. Um, you know, it was everywhere. And you, the video games, they were everywhere. So whatever, like, media you were interested in, you could have turtle-like thing on They it, were there. Right? Um, so I don't remember exactly, but I watched that cartoon a lot when I was a kid and, uh, had lots of toys. I've got, I have my original, oh man, Leonardo as the wolf man right here. It's supposed to be glow in the dark. That's kind of worn off. Yeah. Um, it does. I mean, that's a, that is an old figure. This is an old figure. I've got this here. Um, you know, they recently actually, uh, NECA. Uh, the toy company has teamed up with Universal and they're doing a new line of TMNT oh, Universal yeah. Monsters crossovers. They're really cool. That is dope um, as hell. I bought a friend, uh, this uh, Casey Jones as the Phantom of the Opera. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be giving that to him soon. And uh, they've yeah. got tons of stuff. It's super cool. So they're a little bit more expensive than these were back in the day. But uh, isn't yeah. everything. <laughs> NECA is, you know, it's not a bad price for what it is. 
Right. When I have I have several different ones. I've got I mean I've got like here's just regular Wolfman right here. Oh, beautiful. Uh, you know I've got a lot of different ones from NECA over the years, and they're like thirty bucks, thirty and change, which mm-hmm. is a little pricey for like a toy, but. When you go to like something like a SH Monster Arts, they're like Oof. 150. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or uh, God forbid you get into like Hot Toys or something. Oh, yeah. Hot Toys, which is oh, so oh that's crazy. gorgeous. This is uh, Jason Lives Jason. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's sorry. Not Jason Lives Jason. This is New Blood Jason. You can tell because part of his mask here is missing from when he gets hit by a propeller at the end of Jason Lives. Uh, <laughs> stuff you should know, kids. Um, you should know. Write that down. <laughs> so I'll say, Big fan, had lots of toys, played the games. I on my SNES, I just played um Turtles in Time all the time. Yeah. That's all the, the classic. Time. An absolute classic. And I think I was lucky to just have that one be the one that I, I bought or that my parents yeah. bought for me. Um, because it's super classic and I, I loved it. So kind of just I just got into that for a long time. And then you know, there there have been so many waves of turtles over the years. Right. That's the secret to their success is they're constantly kind of rebooting this series with a new animated show and a new movie series. And it's just like when one dries up a bit, you know, give it a year or two. Boom. Here comes another Here's one. Here's a new one. Yeah. What about, what about you? What got you in? Uh, same. I mean, I was I somehow I distinctly have a memory of watching that first Ninja Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. Um, with a big old box of pizza, and I've never had <laughs> a pizza taste the same way as I remember I it, it tasting. I, I don't it. know what it is. I don't know what arbitrary factors are involved with that, or if we just lost the art of making good Pizza Hut pizza. But we like, did. yes, Pizza Hut pizza specifically, yeah. But like, I remember distinctly watching that, and then yeah. going on to be just obsessed every saturday morning teenage mutant ninja turtles like that was one of my several religions at the time alongside (laughs) power rangers uh later on we got you know like digimon and stuff like i'm all about that dbz dbz as well yeah like having that kind of cavalcade of just legendary cartoons yeah let me tell you something was formative Mexican middle schoolers love DBZ. All right. Hey, Asian elementary schoolers love <laughs> DBZ. I'm going to let you know that right now. <laughs> and that um, has continued to literally everyone on earth at this point. Oh, yeah. You love yeah. to see it. Especially DBZ, with video. How... DBZ video coming soon. Coming. Are you, if you're serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's going to happen in the next six months. Okay, yeah. I want to. I want. I want a piece of that. I don't know okay. how, but I want a piece right. of that. Okay, but yeah, I, I'll get you. In. I I loved those turtles, man. I I also played the video games. I never had any of the my my first console was the PlayStation One, so I never got to play any mm-hmm. of the stuff, or I never got to own any of the stuff before that. But playing, I mean, it's like you said, like Turtles in Time, like playing it at a friend's house or playing it at daycare, like was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So. TMNT, as you can probably tell, listener, has been deep set into us for a very long time. Yeah. And so going back into our radioactive DNA, (laughs) uh, going back and talking about this, about the the origin point of this series is really interesting Um, and kind of getting into 
you can't see because this oh. is an audio, but okay. Matt's playing with a old school. Was that Starscream? This is Coronation Starscream from the uh, Transformers the movie. You know when he gets the crown. Yes, his bullshit crown. And he has a throne also. Oh, oh wait, I gotta put on this cape. You, yeah, he has to have a cape. Uh, but you know, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it just it caught my eye because that that first Transformers movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, DWJ doing Transformers. Gonna be I'm great. Hyped. Gonna be so great. Good. Uh go pick up Void Rivals. It's great, listener. Go do it. Uh but yeah, going back to this origin point and finding out just how different that the turtles were, you know, when you stack them up against like even the stuff now, um, mm-hmm. is again kind of total whiplash. And that kind of gets into the creation of this property. So the two creators, obviously Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, were bullshitting one night and they've talked about this several times. They were having a couple drinks, having a couple laughs and there was a drawing that was made of a little turtle standing upright with a little ninja mask and uh, nunchaku. So it was the preliminary drawing of Michelangelo. And they were like, oh, this is really funny I, th- I believe Eastman did the drawing and then uh, Laird was like, hey, we should do four of these <laughs> and just each of them have like a different weapon. And by the end of the night, they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This was their fun, wacky idea. They were inspired by Frank Miller and Jack Kirby, two mm-hmm. creators who are legendary, but also for me, could not be further apart. <laughs> yeah, It's so weird, but pushing them together and turning them into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was inspired. And on the back of this, they decided to create Mirage Studios, a self-publishing company for them to basically get this off the ground. And they used their tax refunds and a small loan from uh, Kevin Eastman's uncle to set up the company. And they had the idea we're going to sell we're going to do all of this and self-publish one 40 issue one shot and just spread around um their influences for this were fourfold which again for the four turtles makes sense and this is wild uh new mutants which was a popular Mm -hmm. comic at the time where they got teenage mutants (laughs) cerberus which was a comic about anthropomorphic animals, which is where they got the turtles. Ronin, which was a mutant ninja story by Frank Miller. And obviously, Daredevil. Ninja clans battling in New York, which means, did you know? <laughs> I, ever since I had that, ever since I had that episode with, uh, with, Troy, with uh, Troy, I've been working on my, my TikTok voice. Uh- <laughs> That's you got to get it down. That's what the kid. That's how the kids speak. That's how the kids speak. Did you know that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> have a secret connection to Marvel's Daredevil? <laughs> like and subscribe for more. That's uh, it. That's the whole video. That's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no context, no explanation. But wait, come back. Wait, hold on. <laughs> no, you got to like and subscribe for that. You got to sub to the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild and they set it up very clearly in this issue, which we are going to get into. 
uh they decided we're going to secretly make this a a daredevil spinoff where they were not subtle about this their ninja master is splinter a play on stick uh their enemies are the foot clan a play on the hand and they outright and again we're gonna get into this they outright put the daredevil origin into their first issue yep the uh that old school original origin which is the can the, the radioactive canister just bopping yeah. oh head. oh my vision <laughs> and then it spills <laughs> you ever see that episode of uh of the simpsons when it has when spinal tap comes to town yes and then oh my vision, my vision. <laughs> the bright lights <laughs> uh and then yeah and then it just it's like this is what happened after you know like immediately after we, cracks, we shift like, perspective cracks a kid's uh bowl glass bowl full of turtles and they drop down into the sewer with the the ooze with the ooze the secrets T- of the ooze t-c-r-i ooze in the original versus mm-hmm. t-g-r-i later um hilarious and uh you know it's just like yeah it's just all right there i mean yeah i did a video on it a few years ago about this idea of the parody and the Great way that video. they they thank you the way they've evolved and sort of really kind of gone in different directions from this moment and um yeah such an interesting like blend of influences there where you it really does become its own original thing it really doesn't feel like it's just a copycat of right of one or the other um because it's it's ninja turtles i mean there's so many copycats of ninja turtles of ninja oh my god isn't there just that are some are super super obvious and some are just more subtle like let's just try and like try and capture that magic um yeah i love street sharks back in the day street sharks i had a Vin several diesel's own street shark check out this round mound of pound <laughs> <laughs> uh i had several of those toys they were meaty they were meaty and they fleshy. were yeah like the rubber had... that they used was so like weirdly flesh-like i bet those aged like shit they had <laughs> you to them they're just like melting now they I had, I had a to few have. and i lost them i think one Same. fell out of like my family's van and i <laughs> when i didn't know what was going on he went back like... to the streets where he belonged <laughs> Just skating down the street skating yeah. down the street voiced yeah. by vin diesel just <laughs> if you didn't know listener like vin diesel like his first like notable thing was doing the commercials for those street shark cartoons. i would say it's his most notable thing you you are you're absolutely right and it makes sense a fam a family of street sharks <laughs> it had to be vin's the only person but of course all those like copycats are much more copycats of like the cartoon right, right? versus versus this original issue which yeah black and white and it is gritty like you know yes. they're cutting people up they ask shredder to to commit seppuku you know so at the end. i let I'm yeah. gonna be completely honest with you. I had never read this before okay. Okay. we yeah. before we decided that this was gonna be the episode. And shit is wild. <laughs> um to finish off the creation origin shit, um, naming the turtles became a point of contention for Eastman and Laird because they originally wanted them to be I mean, they're based on ninjas. They were very the whole story is very steeped in like quote unquote Japanese culture. So they're like, oh, we gotta give them like Japanese names. But they brainstormed for about two nights and they could not think of any authentic Japanese names that wouldn't sound silly. Uh. So instead they looked to a book nearby on Laird's uh coffee table, Jansen's History of Art. 
<laughs> where they pulled four Renaissance painter names and named them Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello. What a and choice. Something, something magical about that. Yes. Because if they had gone with the Japanese names, I mean, I don't want to throw around accusations of appropriation. Right. But it would have just felt more like that. It would have totally been agree. like two white guys really trying to create like a Japanese story. Which was all the rage in the 80s. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a ton of like B, you know, B movie ninja, you oh know, stuff. God. There's tons and tons. You get was like the three actual... ninjas, Thunder Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> I think that was the second or third Three Ninjas movie. I think it was the third one. I don't know. Okay. But, uh, which one has Hulk Hogan in it? I think it's Thunder uh, Mountain. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to check that. I'll keep talking. Over the talk okay. I'll vamp a bit. Uh, uh, and so let me let me tell you something, brother. Um, the way that you you get these like ninjas, you get of course the ton tons of actual legitimate Asian martial arts movies and then you get the wave of like u.s films they're trying to like do their own thing with it and yeah. so that kind of is in the zeitgeist when this is happening you won't believe this there's actually four uh three ninjas movies <laughs> that doesn't make any sense and i was wrong it's not thunder mountain it's three ninjas high noon at mega mountain oh, is the fourth okay. film and it is the one with hulk hogan nice okay awesome incredible incredible I stories i can't believe i pulled it out of my brain yeah. <laughs> i for whatever reason and maybe this is because i'm an asian american and we just like clung to anything that had anything to do with anything yeah. asian culture but three ninjas is a formative part of my childhood that first I movie mean... came out the year i was born it's wild 1992 <laughs> wild oh, wow. stuff i don't i'm i i've seen a, a few of them when i was really young i don't remember which ones and how I saw them or why I saw them or what I thought of them. So it was three ninjas <laughs> in 1992, three okay, ninjas knuckle sense. up in 1993 Oof. Oof. and three ninjas kick back in 1994. And then obviously three ninjas then, high noon at mega mountain in 1998. Well, wow. A belated sequel. I know. Almost a lega sequel, <laughs> you know, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis could return in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, specifically from the Halloween movies, pops up in Three Ninjas. Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode wearing a Hulk Hogan bandana. In Three Ninjas. In Three Ninjas. High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where it all comes together. <laughs> um, but yeah, but this story is like, it is very gritty, you know. It's, it it's, is. Which makes and, sense for the time that it came out. Because it was yeah. released on April 30th, 1984. Mm -hmm. right in that boom period of gritty realistic comics yeah and they only printed up 300 or just over 3,000 copies and they're like we'll be lucky if we sell 50 of these <laughs> and it was big old magazine size black and white and not only did they sell out of them immediately necessitating them to make this into a series it led to this big black and white comics boom that happened and it's yeah. kind of incredible yeah, it's it, you know the the low budget, independent black and white comics boom of the '80s as well, alongside, alongside the the darkening of superhero comics as well. I mean, yeah. that's why the '80s is like an exciting period for comics. Is not just because the, oh, it's like oh, it's real and dark right. or anything like that, whatever. But like the amount of interesting visions coming out at that time and so many different it voices was a legitimate getting shift. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you get to have this sort of expansion in a way um with people legitimately having like a lot of different takes 
Yeah. And the and no big corporation like dictating it's got to be like this or it's got to be like that. And right. And it it is exciting. Um, yeah. And and it's funny because this first issue has a ton of the everything that you'll get to know about the turtles. Like it is kind of set like their origin is here. Yeah. You get them their weapons you get the shredder and the foot clan and splinters relationship with them mm-hmm. they're you know they're in new york everything like that but like april doesn't come in until issue two right uh and casey doesn't come in until Raphael's solo issue yeah because what they were also doing was these solo one-shot issues as well with each of the turtles and raf's was first and he meets uh casey jones in that and of course casey's a huge part it's like there you go boom you've got the you turtles, have your cast. Splinter, Shredder, Casey, April. Boom, you got it. The people that will be with you throughout all iterations of the turtles. Yeah. Like they got to be there basically for it to be like turtles. And, um, but you know, it's funny because you get swords, psi, staff, and uh, nunchucks. And uh, two of those four are deadly. Yes. And in this, they're cutting and stabbing dudes. Oh, right? yeah. Like the, uh, this opening scene is incredible. Yeah, where like, they cut up the it, the purple dragons. The purple dragon who, in who in also Media come back. Res. Yes. yes, I I love the narration here. He's like, my name is Leonardo. We made a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> like the, <laughs> like this is the Warriors or something. He's like, I now love we're, that. Now I we're love caught. the Warriors. It's so good. It's like now we're caught. Our backs to the wall in this trash strewn alley barring the way out are 15 members of the purple dragons the toughest street gang on the east side the only way they'll let us out of here is if we're dead and the purple dragons are like you're dead freaks nobody trespasses on purple dragon turf and gets away with it especially when they're wearing stupid turtle costumes and the the hardest freaking line that you could say (laughs) is like he's wrong we're not wearing costumes and they jump into action you get the title card like that's when you get like the big guitar riff mm-hmm. like that that's what the uh the soundtrack for the guardians of the galaxy game rocks in <laughs> it's zero to hero by star lord like you just like go for it yeah absolutely and um the such an interesting thing about the art right is that yeah. it's truly a co-production of eastman and laird where in these first issues they would just be passing the pages back and forth yeah to each other like finishing lines and ink, redoing ink, like like you couldn't tell you know where one person's lines start and the other one ends it wasn't a pencil and ink it was a both pencil both ink yeah completing together kind of magical um, in that way yeah and it comes out with this really interesting art style and it's funny because you can see them drawing today eastman and laird will do their own drawing sometimes for turtles and they yeah. kind of, you can see each of their styles a bit and they're kind of on slightly different ends of the spectrum of where this is. I don't think their art necessarily has evolved a ton. Mm-hmm. It's pretty flat and pretty blocky and kind of stiff, I would say, with the yeah. way they're doing it. But it is it is energetic and it has a lot of like um, dynamism to it. And you can really feel the impact of everything. You know, there's these moments where Leo will like, hit the guy with his swords as he like you know flashes by them and that's really interesting pose um it was around this time also that stan sakai was starting usagi ojimbo yes amazing series still going Great all series. by sakai and he does amazing work with those flash moments of the sword duel also yeah. and um i don't know when it started in relation to this but it reminds me of that where usagi will 
you know, you'll have the panels that wait as they're preparing a duel, and then he flashes by his opponent. Like in one panel, you see him streak by with his sword cutting through him. It's not super violent, but you see the the impact. Yep. Um, and you can you can tell that there, and it's really cool. And and I mean, there's no other comic that like looks like this. It's so true. And eventually, I mean, it wasn't long until these two like had a major falling out with each other. Yeah. Um, whereas like a couple years in um, and they started arguing about the directions of the comics and then they started doing the comics separately. Mm-hmm. They would take individual issues for each other and go back and forth. Yep. And this is an Eastman one. This one is a Laird one. And like they would not talk to each other. <laughs> and I think it was the pressure also of this, like because it, it blew up so fast. This Almost comic blows fast. up. Yeah. This comic blows up. They get a toy deal. Then they get the cartoon deal. And like, yeah, it just goes from there. And the, the movie and it just so blows up so fast. And that amount of pressure and money. Um, Eastman had enough money to buy heavy metal, the comic. Yep. Uh, all that sort of stuff. It was just like crazy. Until was it Eastman? Eastman sold his his share, yeah. I believe. And so Laird was in charge of the Turtles for a while in the 90s. And then Laird sh- sold his share. And now Nickelodeon o- owns turtles mm-hmm. Viacom, and that's when eastman yeah. came back uh for the the modern series yeah um for idw and laird has in recent years come back with a little bit here like they did last ronin together yep um which have you read last ronin i haven't i i actually was going to uh going to do that for this week but i thought this when you posited this idea i was like this is much more interesting <laughs> it, it's i mean it is kind of several stages down the line you know right in, of in everything and it was it's based on an idea that they had together like in the 80s that they never did right um i think last ronin's just okay oh interesting i, I know it's really popular yeah uh it's basically the dark knight returns but with right. turtles like it's very very much that and yeah. if that had come out in like the 80s i think it would have been a little bit fresher maybe but oh for sure it's okay i, I know there's some big fans of that i think it's it's, it's probably the most popular turtles story in comics and right now yeah uh and got a lot more people interested and there's been talk about adapting it and whatnot but for me yeah, it, it's okay it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They've also had like a bunch of crossovers. Like Tons. I think the most successful is probably the Batman crossovers. Yeah, there's there were three, three of them. Well, uh, they f- did. I guess four actually. Three right. of the main ones, and then there was like the non-canon Batman yeah. Adventures one. Uh, they also cross over the Ghostbusters a couple times. Sometimes Ghostbusters, Power Rangers most Power recently. Rangers. They did cross oh, over with Usagi Yojimbo at one point. Quite a few times. Yeah, uh, I think that Sakai and Eastman Laird have had a, a good friendship for a long time. Where it's pretty early when Usagi first pops up in yeah. Turtles. I think it's like in the first couple of years, uh, and then they've done a few since then. And then Usagi it, was in the the cartoon. Yeah, it's just like it's a game recognizing game kind of thing. Yeah, and I I am still baffled that we haven't had a legitimate like TMNT and Daredevil crossover. It, I think because they didn't want to get sued. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's like everybody knows at this point. It's it's understood. 
Because that whole that that explicit Daredevil reference is in no other origin. Correct. Besides this one. Yeah. When they were solo, no corporations, you know, just a in this true indie printing it in their own home kind of thing. And ever since then, you know, it's not been part of it. it you know it now because of this and everything, but none of that shows up. It's just here's the ooze that breaks and boom, you know, yeah, turtles. But no, no boy being you know, hitting the head. Oh, my vision uh, by <laughs> by a can, yeah, uh, can of tomatoes, and um, it's just you know we kind of leave that alone. But Fair. everyone, I, I got. I'm going to look up list of TMNT crossovers. Yeah, uh, but as as he said, you know, we we get that first big you know fight against the purple dragons. Uh, like he said, they do come back, and then this is the first. Uh, introduction of their very short-lived catchphrase we strike hard and fade away into the night um they head back into the sewer after fighting they run into master splinter and they go home and i love so master splinters had two different uh more or less two different origins this one i kind of love more where he's a rat who was just like the pet of a member of the mm-hmm. foot clan and he was a rat that learned the martial arts of ninjutsu and then there's another one that i believe they used for the cartoon where it was actually a ninjutsu master who got the use on him and turned into a rat yeah that's one of those i forget which yeah because the ooze can do kind of anything. <laughs> ooze can be anything you want it to. Can turn you into just a big old bucket of organs that you they put in a glass container. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, I love being able to have this little rat having learned martial arts, and then he gets impacted by the ooze, turns into this martial arts master uh, just at the right time as the super not daredevil origin happens (laughs) and these four little turtles get into contact with the use as well it's just they had a naruto crossover and a stranger things crossover the stranger Stranger things Things i heard about yeah yeah but a naruto one i didn't know that and hello kitty that makes sense (laughs) both 80s icons that have and cerebus and star trek he-man gen 13 savage dragon <laughs> see that makes sense with the eric larson connection yeah eric yeah. larson relaunched them in the 90s that's right that's a whole the whole thing the yeah the um that's the uh image right that's the image turtles which gets yes. super weird yeah, where yeah, they yeah. all go and undergo really, really crazy changes really weird yeah really weird <laughs> lasted like not very long no and didn't get finished until recently yeah with volume four. Oh yes no one, but yeah, no one really cared <laughs> we, after splitter gives them the backstory on splinter and the shredder this is where we get introduced to the shredder as well i love they send Raphael to send a message and he just goes out and like a psychopath just kills a bunch of people and then throws his <laughs> sigh with a little note attached to it through a window (laughs) and it's it's just this it's this full big ass letter of like oroku uh oroku like you have shamed and dishonored the name of your family by murdering hamato yoshi i give you the chance to regain your honor meet my four disciples for a duel to the death tomorrow night at the following address and it's like 
what is this? Yeah. This is incredible. Uh, <laughs> like this is very clearly a product of the of the mid 80s. Cuz like he's a like Shredder actually has like a full-on like uh identity is a rokusaki mm-hmm. uh, and, and he has a securities company just set up randomly in there yeah he's having a business meeting when this happens and the bit you know the the clients are like you can't even protect your own compound we're out of here and they leave and he's like these people ruined my business meeting i'm gonna go kill them <laughs> incredible <laughs> But, you know, he set up his clan. He got his revenge. You know, you, you have to have a long-term financial plan. Uh, <laughs> after the revenge, obviously. After the revenge. We're in New York. We might as well stay here. It's a pretty cool place. And it's the 80s. Everyone's killing each other. But uh, we'll figure it out. You know, Bloomberg's not here yet. But um, uh, <laughs> I love the full reveal of Shredder in costume. Though. Yes. Like, Come so face cool. your doom. Foot, join me. Um, so cool. Did you know how they came up with Shredder? No, uh, it, it was Eastman or Laird who they were cooking and they had one of those big cheese graters, you know, no, the stand that had the big stand ones with the four sides. Yeah. And he put his arm through and he's like, like, how crazy, how, like, how badass would this be if like someone had armor like this? With that's actual hilarious. Shredder, uh, you know, it's a treat cheese grater. And that's that was how they like came up with that the shredder and the, the, the spikes and everything. Super cool. Um, but yeah, then they blow him up. Yeah, they blow. They blow. It's so funny because they they fight the Foot Clan. They take them out. They fight against Shredder. Shredder is kicking their asses because they decide to go. Oh, let's do the one on one thing. And they go. They get their asses mm-hmm. kicked. They fight, and then Shredder gets defeated. He's like, "I've got a thermite grenade." Do they they beat him by cheesing this guy? You know, they're, they they're playing like they're playing like uh like Fox and Melee. Just boop 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 yeah, boop. Yeah, they're the just throwing their shuriken at him. <laughs> Until he gets stabbed through the chest by Leonardo. And then mm. he's like, I'm going to use this thermite grenade to blow us all up. And it's Donatello, of all people, who saves them. The one who's always kind of perceived yeah. as the, the fourth brother. And my favorite turtle. You are. It's so funny because when I was growing up, nobody was a Donatello fan. And like now that I'm like older, everybody's a Donatello fan. And I appreciate yeah, that's that for him. Uh, Raphael was my favorite as a kid. And then Donatello became my favorite. The IDW series really made me a big Donatello. Yes. Fan. He's really put great. front and center in that series too. I love the way that it, that first hundred issues when mm-hmm. it was, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Tom, Tom Watts, uh, Tom Waltz, Tom Waltz with Eastman uh, writing it sort of has this structure of the first hundred issues where each 25 or so has a different turtle kind of at the forefront. It kind of become revolves around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they progress and you sort of see each of those turtles kind of get put through the ringer specifically in each of those chunks yeah. before they all kind of come together. Um, really strong, you know, first hundred issues. Now, uh, you know, the writing's changed and everything. I haven't been keeping up with it recently. Uh, I do think that, the first 50 issues of those hundred are the strongest half. Gotcha. And then after issue, issue 50 is this big, how much of it have you read? Have I you read think, I, I think I've read the first 20 issues. Okay. So not a ton of it. Issue 50 is this big climax to the first half and the mm-hmm. war between the turtles and splinter versus, you know, shredder and the hand, uh, the hand, the, the foot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, 
what are feet but hands on legs and uh the way <laughs> what are the foot but the hands persevering <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean sure let's say that makes sense uh and um it's kind of the climax to that first half and then it sort of resets and new status quo and i think it takes a while for it to really rebuild and then the i thought that the end of the um the end of those hundred issues was just is okay yeah. but um they also have a ton of mini series and one shots and stuff right. happening alongside right and some of those are really good there is a turtles in time one that i, I really loved in the idw super cool where each oh, issue dope. they go to a different time period and it's really fun different art styles and uh slight spoilers here but the the final arc of tmnt under eastman and waltz coincides with a mini series called shredder in hell and mm-hmm. shredder in hell is awesome it's so great and it sort of overshadows a bit the the main line which is interesting because i'm just like reading shredder in hell and like this is rocking and then the main <laughs> one is like eh, it's okay <laughs> well, anytime like a, a hero or a villain gets like sent to hell it's Godzilla. all it, yep or like Doctor Doom, whenever mm-hmm. he has to go to hell, like it's always really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, interesting it's really story. Cool. Really cool. Um, but that's ups and downs. But I just haven't keep up with it. Um, yeah. Well, I I remember I wasn't reading it at the time, but I remember the big you know Donatello incident. Yes. That happens during I believe during that run. Yeah. And Getting what a Shell crazy time that and, was. Yeah. Really Shattered crazy Rockstar Rockstar and Bebop, Rockstar and Bebop right? yeah, yeah, with a with a sledgehammer. Um, they're great. I love when they come in. They don't come they're, in until always great. a little bit later, but uh, fun versions of them. Like what's cool about that one is they basically take everything in the entire history of TMNT, all the different mm-hmm. characters and beats and stuff, and then they like drip it into the series slowly. Yeah. So you're like, you're not gonna get Rockstar and Bebop right away. You know, you're gonna get some new is some new characters like old hob and stuff like that and they're really cool so you get this mix of everything mutanimals and like they kind of come in but they drip feed it so when it comes it's a cool payoff and you're excited for it to happen but it's not all shotgun happening at once and competing with itself okay Um, dope yeah and 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 to think that like going back to this issue like this almost didn't happen like Mm. shredder could have died right here he gets knocked off the roof bomb blows up the only thing they find is part of his armor and it's like it's obviously it's comic books you don't find a body you don't find nothing like here's the thing here's the thing mirage shredder is dead he's dead like he there's a few returns of him and it's very weird but yeah. there's uh i'm trying to i think it's karai comes comes in at one point Love as karai. his successor and he comes back as a mutant worm created sewer shark in one issue and then dies again he that's what? His own, yeah i know it's it's, it's weird <laughs> oh, let me look this up Mirage is this, is, is, if this Shredder. is the eric larson bullshit i'm gonna be so no 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 it, it's it's in it's in the main mirage one so uh yeah let's it, see then so Come on, come on, uh, Turtlepedia, work with me here. Um, so he, yeah, he's dead. This is him. He's dead. He's for real dead. And then, um, so it, it's later revealed. He comes back briefly. It's a worm colony clone of him. It has his <laughs> memories, and the mystics have tried to revive him. 
And then eventually the, the clone becomes a mutant shark. And then he dies. But he's barely in it. He's like, he has this very, very, very brief return. Becomes um, a mutant shark. Do they, do they cross over with street sharks? No, but that must the be where they time. come. The perfect time. And, yeah, but he's he's legit. He's dead. Besides this like, very, very brief one. So yeah, I mean, there were just one issue. You know, they weren't crazy. thinking about seeding it. So crazy. Yeah. This comic goes crazy really, really fast. It does. Um, and there's like, there's blood, there's injuries, there's cuts and stabs and all of this stuff. It, it yeah, they, they're, I mean, you can tell they're, they're doing it in the hopes of, of it being a success, but they're right. just like, here's one issue. Let's make a cool story, one yep. issue. And we get the origin and we get, and their arc is completed as the turtles yeah. really, you know, in this, in this first issue. And they actually are teenagers. It's been 15 yeah. years and they grew up and, you know, <laughs> though, though just speak of like the age cycle of turtles, like <laughs> what does that really mean? And sometimes of rats as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, the ooze, uh, the ooze, of course, the ooze. <laughs> obviously, yes, the ooze. Yeah, the ooze did it right and, away. It's the ooze, and so you know, Splinter trained them for this purpose, and they they beat him, and hooray! You know, we did it. <laughs> and again, and they, they get to hit their their lines like, "We are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We strike hard and fade away into the night." Like, and that's when the fucking the guitar riff. And I was thinking saxophone, but you know, of course you would. <laughs> but so in the issues that follow you get baxter stockman and the mousers yes come in, in the next one and april um and then you get uh i'm blanking here skipping forward you know all this is on in it's all collected you know these yep. these big collections official collections if you have comiXology unlimited it's all free it's all like free. All, all six volumes That's how i read it and then you get What's the next one? You get um, you get uh, Krang and the Utroms like super fast too. Yeah, like you they go into outer space in like issue four or five. Like it goes it's wild. very quickly. Yeah, like boom, they blow it out and things kind of go crazy from there. Honestly, so <laughs> like a lot of the stuff is seated in these comics even before they they show up in the 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 games. Uh, or the the cartoons and of course the cartoons introduce a lot of stuff like bebop and rocksteady are cartoon right. creations um yeah i mean how is it for you reading this for the first time like in comparison do you like this or is it just interesting is it shocking like how does this rate like in your enjoyment as a turtle fan like it's fascinating to me because like i I've, i knew about these because there was a Back, back when I was still growing up, there was a different Ninja Turtles cartoon going on. Not the original 80s one or the 90s one, whatever. Um, not the one when I was a kid, but there was another one that had at one point this big crossover between the current Turtles, mm -hmm. those Ninja Turtles in the original cartoon, and then the original Mirage Turtles. That this were is all Turtles rendered. Forever. Yes. Turtles Forever, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, where they were still rendered, I believe, in black and white. And you get mm -hmm. to see all three of their different versions of the Turtles. And so I knew about this. I had never gone back to read it. And mm -hmm. reading it for this is kind of like, you know, tonal whiplash, where you get to see, oh, 
this was 100% influenced by Frank Miller. Like there's no question about this whatsoever, (laughs) but it makes sense why this was successful at the time that it was. And it's also, I find it fascinating. It's kind of that funny thing where, you know, from the Simpsons, you get to see Watchmen babies where like they take this thing that's (laughs) very like, they're taking it very seriously. And like all of this stuff is, and obviously it gets, you know, wacky and ridiculous, but they're taking at least in this first issue, a very grounded, you know, tale of revenge and then turning it into everything that it's turned into since then. Mm -hmm. And I, it's it's a fascinating look at what the series the origin point of the series and where the idea started though i don't think it would have had the kind of legs that it does if it stayed like this yeah and Hmm. like you said like the key to it has been reinvention the ninja turtles truly are the chris jericho of comics (laughs) where their reinvention has been you know necessary for their survival over the years Mm -hmm. And Mirage number one is truly the GFY era of, uh, <laughs> of turtles. <laughs> Brief, hardcore, and rude. I, I was going to say it was the Lionheart, the ECW of their. Oh yes, no, them. I can see that. I, I can see that. But there were several times a... when, like, the turtles were like cutting dudes up and like hitting people with, uh, you know, light tubes, and I was going CZ Dub, CZ Dub, CZ Dub. People oh, were looking at me God. weird. I was just out, well, out well, on a I park mean, bench. You, I was going to say, you're doing it in the middle of the bus. I, yeah, I in the know. bus, Chan sees his tub at my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a hot summer's day. I, yeah, it's it's interesting. And again, I, I'm glad that over time we got more characterization for each of the turtles because it's very much they're it, all the same. They're all the same. Just here. different weapons in mm-hmm. this. And that's the only way to signify them. But and given... even originally, they're all supposed to have red bandanas too. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so giving them their, you know, not just their colors, which obviously is a great way marketing wise to signify them, but giving them their different personalities is, I think, really good. And I love that the first turtle that they ever created was Michelangelo. And that he's kind of the the turtle that was the Genesis, especially because he is the one that is kind of looked at as the little brother Mm -hmm. oftentimes. And it makes me really like, it's just fun that he's the one that was kind of the prototype and that that they all come from him. Yeah, Uh, that original goofy drawing with him with the nunchucks strapped to his forearms. Yeah, he really does look like a turtle just kind of standing up and... He's cute. I want to give him a little pat on the head. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. And they all, I mean, looking at this drawing, they've all got, they all have like their little tails too, which yeah, aren't right. as prominent, if at all, depending on your artist. Like, I mean, they, yeah, they're kind of there in the rest of these early comics, but just yeah. kind of. And, and you got to kind of, when you see it for a second dangling between their legs, it's, you're like, huh? It's, oh, excuse me. <laughs> then you got to remember, oh, yeah, they're turtles. They are turtles. Oh, oh thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> You know, I was watching this. I was watching this movie the other day. It's called Castle Freak. It's by uh, Stuart Gordon, who made a From Beyond and Reanimator. And this family moves into this castle. They inherit it, and there's this this guy, this monster. He's in the castle, right? Yeah. And then he he attacks, and at some one point, he's naked, and then you realize, no dick, <laughs> just balls, and you're like, oh no. 
What have I gotten myself into? (laughs) (laughs) That's the moment when you realize, oh, wait a second. What kind of movie am I watching? I was watching it for research and I thought, "Ah, I don't think this is making the video. (laughs) (laughs) It's a movie for Degas freaks. Oh, absolutely. Because some more stuff happens. And I'm like, it's not going to, that dog just ain't going to hunt. But, you know, um, no, it's interesting evolution, you know, where you get to this, you know, where they kind of look a certain way with their combination and they've evolved over time, but you get, I mean, the proportions, the facial structure, that's classic turtles. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. When the Mike, the first Michael Bay movie came out Oof. and they had the lips and terrifying. everything. And, and then, then little like, nose what? slits. Like, yeah. And terrifying. You're like, what the Though fuck, I man? do, I do love that. I also, I didn't love that they were all like, the size of giant gonzalez like terrifying (laughs) but like i do i do love from like movies and recent stuff how they have kind of characterized body types for them like Raphael is always massive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting having them be different proportions and i think it's like most noticeable in rise the not yes i think the most recent cartoon I guess <laughs> it's very anime focused. Like you've got little Donatello's kind of like his, his, he's like a little dweeb stick mm-hmm. figure form. And you've got just like tank Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, Rise would be the latest. I'm sure there's another one on the way soon. Probably after, after this movie that's coming out, there better be like, and, and let's talk about that too. We got mutant mayhem coming up this week. Actually, as you're listening to this, it's releasing today. <laughs> listener, uh, August 2nd. Um, it looks really good. It looks cool. Yeah. It looks really yeah. cool. They're definitely taking a lot of Spider-Verse uh influence. Yes. Which is cool. And uh I'm I'm just interested in uh, I like that all these different iterations of the turtles, they do really allow them to make some big swings. Yes. And to make not just like art style, but story and characterization. Yeah, it, it just kind of, you know, kind of do your thing cuz at this point there's been so many different versions that you, you like one, you don't like one, it's totally cool, you can go you for can the pick. other one. Yeah. And sometimes there's so- simultaneous stuff happening, you like comics, you like movies, you like cartoons, video games, they're all there for you to kind of pick and choose from, like you know, just, just pick your style. If you if you're not vibing with one, totally fine. And yeah. it's probably going to be over in a couple of years anyway, and there's going to be Yeah, exactly. Over. And it, it's, uh, but, it's yeah. a lot like Star Trek in that way. Like if you don't like mm-hmm. one one iteration, like you can absolutely jump in and like a different one. Yeah, absolutely. I was one of those freaks that like Voyager. Uh, uh, and... Yes! <laughs> yes! See, this is why we're friends because I was a Voyager kid growing up. Um, And, uh, you know, Voyager is great. Voyager is so... great. I'm, I'm glad to see Janeway do what she does anytime. <laughs> yeah. She cannot character. believe they took Prodigy off of what was a Peacock. Gosh. I can't believe they did that to them. The never-ending, the never-ending cycle now of uh, companies cannibalizing their own creations for tax write-offs. Like how how are you not already making enough money that you don't that you have to do this? Yeah, oh, God. ridiculous. It's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And um, not to get lost in that tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> but we would uh, and we will. Just wait for it. <laughs> that that oh, that'll be oh. the first Patreon. That'll. That'll nice. be our rampage. <laughs> That'll be our rampage. <laughs> That's gonna be whenever I establish the Geeksplain Patreon. If that ever happens, it probably should. But I, probably should. I'm just gonna call it the Geeksplain Rampage. That's gonna be. <laughs> that's that's gonna be my uh, my Patreon. I love it. Yeah, you know, and somehow you should rename this Geeksplain Dynamite. Uh, Geeksplain Dynamite. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> and then the, we'll... the book clubs will be collision. Yeah, absolutely. No, the book club, the book clubs is yeah. Those are some colliders right there. And uh... <laughs> and he started calling people colliders. I lost it. <laughs> See, branding. Punk. Good lord. He's got a great mind for wrestling. Maybe not for public relations or people or friendship or people in general, but he's got a great mind for wrestling. <laughs> he spray painted his title with the X. So he's part he of the is, NWO. He is NWO Hulk Hogan. He <laughs> is. This is his Hulk Hogan run. This is Punkamania is going to be running wild. I, I think so. I think it will be running wild. It's always been running wild in my heart, brother. I um, know it has. <laughs> you cult uh, of personality, you. <laughs> Let's. I, I don't want to get any more trouble. But, <laughs> but yeah. Um, um, any any final thoughts on? Well, I've this, got plenty. On this these final, issue? Let's do it. These final thoughts are going to go for another half an hour. Let's um, do it. <laughs> so I was thinking about, uh, I mean, I rewatched the original movie uh, in prep mm. for the episode also. I don't know when the last time you watched that was. I think I I rewatched it, I think, last year. Okay. Okay. So, you know, fresher you remember. Yeah, and so I watched it and I really enjoyed it. I think it's, it's really still, solid. It's timeless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously it's very 80s. And again, like looking at the pizza that they have in that movie, it's like <laughs> where we used to be a country. Uh. Like... That's what you want to go back to, that pizza? That pizza. Like, if if there is any meal that I would have for my last meal, it would be the pizza that I had when I watched that movie for the first time. <laughs> I I totally get it. But, you know, Masa in Echo Park, deep dish Chicago I keep style, hearing incredible. Masa is great. Incredible. Listen, I'm gonna it have takes to go 40 minutes. It takes 40 minutes. You go in, you put an order in. You're at the table for a while, so you get some some side bread, dude. You know, with your pasta mania, Jack, and you get <laughs> so and you have a good time when you wait for your pizza. But it's worth it, okay? You just get the so you get the sausage. It's just a big circle of sausage in the middle. They slice through. It's incredible. This podcast is brought to you by Masa in Echo Park. I also <laughs> I go to uh, to uh, Tomato Pie in Highland Park. Also okay. great for New York style. Okay, yeah. Great I mean, place. there's a place. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like New York style pizza too. There's ones by me that are great and they're nice and floppy. And uh, I'll probably get that for my birthday. Uh, August is also my birthday month. Just like is you. it really? Mm -hmm. How have we never mm -hmm. talked about this? I don't know. I don't bring my birthday all the time. <laughs> well, happy early birthday. Happy early birthday. I'm going to ask for your address uh, after this. <laughs> you don't want to ask me ask on the it. air? <laughs> I'm going to dox you. <laughs> 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 let's put up as a social post yeah. <laughs> i well i have blue sky now so i can i can put it up there and have it for the hundreds of people that are on blue sky oh man <laughs> how did you get docs on blue sky that would be that the entire entire be the platform first, maybe. the entire platform would have to rally against you <laughs> 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 the, the, this was my this was my Adrian Vite plan the entire time to unite Blue Sky against a common threat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Blue Sky! I'm glad I'm not on there. I'm glad I'm not on Threads. I'm glad I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not anywhere these days. You got out at the exact right time. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I was like, oh, I see the signs. Okay, bye. <laughs> but yeah, so August is Matt's birthday. So what is your address? <laughs> you want, that will really get. That will really get. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed that 1990 Turtles. It's got a great blend between this early Mirage and the cartoon. Yes, 100%. Like, 
it, New York is gritty. You can you can feel it. You know you that eight, feel that eighties New York grime. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's love like it. Snake Pliskins around any corner, and yes. uh, you know it's there's like, a crossover. Um, that'd be amazing. Escape from New York meets meets TMNT. Snake I, and I, turtles. Like let's yeah. do this. I, I it makes sense to me. There was a Escape from New York comic book for a while. Yes. Um, but you know, I'm sure they'll get there someday. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're getting everything they're just collecting them all but i think that um it's got th- that nice blend where the turtles themselves are colorful and have a lot of personality and are kind of wacky a bit right. but the stakes of the story are real i love like splinter's relationship with raf yeah and the anger in him and that moment between them so great Raph, i mean raf is amazing in that they're all good but he's the standout turtle there yeah um, with his heavy New York accent, and, incredible. Uh, like a even lot... me as a as a diehard Leonardo boy till I die was like, Raph might mm. be the best character in this movie. Yeah, but like, and but Elias Coteus as, as Casey Jones, <laughs> golly, like perfect, perfect, perfect casting. Yeah, and like the height of his babeness right yeah. there. You know, you you Gr- you can take your best castings of. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man mm. and all that stuff. <laughs> this Casey Jones, it's like they ripped him straight out of the comic book page. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got great chemistry with April also. Mm-hmm. She's really good. Um, but it's just, you know, it, it's like, um, it's just right. And then TMNT 2 happens. And Oof. I mean, uh, April gets recast. And, Which is unfortunate. And Casey's not in it. Also and- unfortunate. <laughs> And it gets the silly tone, and then Ninja Rap is a banger. Okay, Ninja Rap's okay. a banger. Uh, and uh, you know, Vanilla Ice, you know, he's a good guy in that movie because he's looking out for his he's looking out for his bandmates, his, his turtles. Yeah, you know, he's he's looking out for the turtles. He's his looking out per- for his own crew his own personal too. turtles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, well, what's going on? You know, and then he he motivates them to beat Super Shredder with with the rap, and of course, it's great. It's got big, sexy Kevin Nash yep. as the Gotta Super Shredder. It. He tears uh, both of his quads during the, uh, during the film. <laughs> That's how they beat him. They, Donatello <laughs> taps him with a stick on his quads. Ah. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> CM Punk makes fun of him later for it. <laughs> LOL. Thought he was dead. <laughs> I don't think Nash has ever forgiven him for that. He's never recovered. He's no. never recovered. Um, but, you know, I like... That's fun, but it's not good. No. And then Turtles 3, not good. You know, where they go in the samurai. Well, Are you going to defend it? It's okay if you can't. I, I don't want to defend it, but those those turtle and samurai armor made hella toys. I'm just going to let you know. Those I know I had some. Incredible. I had some. They, they were cool, but... Uh, but not <laughs> a good movie. Not a good movie. I will die defending your right to have a bad opinion. You know? I'm trying to do the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, the got the equations going around while I'm trying to process that statement. But yeah, I agree with you. Whatever see, you just I'm, said, I I'm a big whatever. I've gotten oh my, I've gotten a lot of comments on my videos over there. So like, I don't remember what exactly was that you said about that thing, but whatever it was, like you're wrong. <laughs> That's YouTube in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, could you at least like quote me and then tell me to go to hell? <laughs> could you give me the quote first? Yeah. Um, Let's see. As far as like the cartoons go, uh, I really enjoy um, the the 2003 TMNT series. Was that uh, the one that had the Turtles Forever? That leads into Turtles Forever. Okay. Yes. Loved that. Great, 
love your intro to that show as well mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that one it's got a nice remixing of everything it's a little great bit darker voice and cast too mm-hmm. and then it does the whole uh where they go on the internet and that's not so great but uh and then they go to the picture yeah. and that's not so great and then they go back and it's not so great but before then <laughs> pretty good uh, pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of haven't watched much of like the 2012 one, which is the CGI one, or Rise. I didn't watch much of that. I know people yeah. really like the Rise one. The 2012 one is fine. Mm-hmm. It's probably my least favorite out of the original, out of like the first few. Um, but I've, what I have watched of Rise is incredible. Okay. okay. Really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I heard good things. Very I anime were... inspired, intense action. Again, like you said, big swings, which is really fun. Yeah. I know people were upset that got canceled prematurely, yeah. it seems like. Um, let's see. The 2017 TMNT movie. Love it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I think I need to rewatch it. That one I I am planning on rewatching again before I watch Mutants, Mutant Mayhem. Because okay. I remember absolutely adoring that film. Mm-hmm. I, I need to rewatch it. I'll, it's, it's on the list. There, there um, There's a great rooftop fight you know i'm a sucker for rooftop fights in the rain and you get to see <laughs> Raphael versus leonardo the nice. the match we've been waiting for i think great. you sold me on it I think you sold it's me great on it. it's great and then you get the michael bay uh tmnt in 24 2014 one i just was like it's not good it's bad and then the 2016 one is somehow worse is it somehow worse i don't know it's like they made corrections but it got super forgettable it's like gi joe 2 you remember the G.I. Joe, Joe 2 is such a big step up from G.I. Joe 1, though. But it's super forgettable. I thought true. the movie was super forgettable, right. too. We were like, That's you've true. made all the corrections, and it's just, eh, it's just kind of there. <laughs> you know? And then, of course, it out of the shadows, it brings in legendary pro, um, oh, pro-unionizer, <laughs> Green uh... Arrow himself, Stephen Amell, as Casey Jones, looking exactly like Arrow. Uh, Oliver Queen. <laughs> it makes me so sad because I have always like really liked him and really liked the stuff that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and being being sag, it was really unfortunate to see those <laughs> remarks he made because I'm like, no, I really didn't want this to be a meet your heroes moment. Damn it! <laughs> you didn't even have to meet him. I did you meet could've... him though. I oh, met him years. You... I met him at my first. I went to Phoenix Comic Con. My first Phoenix Comic Con was a wonderful experience. I didn't even get in line to like see him, but I just saw that he was because I had no money. I was in college. And I remember walking up and he was just kind of like there. He had just gotten to his booth and I was just like standing there with friends and I look over and there he is. He's like, Oh, hey man. And he just shook my hand. And I was like, This is the coolest interaction I've ever had. And then he whispered and then, in your solidarity is for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Strike and die. Like I <laughs> It's it's unfortunate. It is really unfortunate. I'm sure he'll be walking back those statements very soon. I t- um, probably today, as we're recording <laughs> probably, this. Yeah, I'm sure you can look it up and be like, Stephen Amell clarifies. I don't know. Yeah, there is, uh, and it's going to be like on Instagram or something. Yeah, it's I'm a, sure, like a big Instagram story. <laughs> but yeah, um, and alongside all those, of course, lots of video games. Yes, uh, like all I said, of the video huge, games, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. And like I said, I'm a big fan of Turtles in Time. Yep. And have you played Shredder's Revenge from last year? I haven't because okay. I don't have I don't have I'm like MJF. I don't have friends to play these games with. So I 
I really want to, though, because I've heard that it's a throwback to those incredible old school games. And it's super fun, super fun game. I don't know, like, how many hours you can really sink into it, but it's really fun, you know, and all the yeah. characters have uh, their own differentiation of skills and powers. They're a little bit I more differentiated that. than, like, than Trolls in Time. And then you get April... Casey Splinter, and I think they've added a few more. I think Usagi Ojimbo's in there now too. Ooh. Uh, April Loki the goat, like really? Yeah, I I really love playing as her. Um, okay, but uh, is really and she uh, uses like um camera equipment and boom mics. And oh, everything. that's dope as hell. She'll pull them out and like whack people with them. Really, really what? fun. Yeah, um, it's really cool. I really like that one too. And yeah, so there's just so much stuff. It's TMNT constant just barrage great you could be buried you could die getting buried under a pile of, <laughs> of of all this merchandise you know it will outlive us all oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh you know as i you know am on my deathbed and my brain is firing its last you know synapses my brain will go back to um turtle remember power. the turtles turtle power. that'll be my last words <laughs> call my family over oh he's gonna say he's gonna say his last words turtle power and, and then, then and, and then I'm I'm gonna uh I'm gonna John Adams your uh your Thomas Jefferson die on the same day and be like Calabunga. As he collapsed in a field. Yeah, just in a field somewhere. Michelangelo still lives. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah, I yeah, it's the turtles were the turtles were here before me. The turtles will be here after me. The turtles are forever. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm very excited to see where it goes. I hope we get more stuff like Shredder's Revenge. I hope we get more stuff like Mutant Mayhem. I think the rumor mm -hmm. is we're going to be getting a series spinning off of this movie, which if they can keep up the animation style, I am super into. I just oh, like the sure. fact that they sound and act like teenagers. Like that's something yes. that's always really bugged me i guess something that's a little grind my gears a little bit even in like the um the cartoon from what was it 2003 like they weren't really teenagers no no they were angsty young adults yes and that's where how they're usually kind of characterized mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's fun to see them at least in the trailers be really like teenager-esque and voice cast as teenagers really cool yeah, yeah i'm into I that agree. idea for it's sure. just i mean you haven't really i mean i think i feel like the teenage thing is just a was for a long time a fun add-on <laughs> yeah right because it was one of them wrote ninja turtles when they were with the first drawing and the other person wrote teenage mutant on top of that yeah and that's how it is super fun because they were just bullshitting but and, it, and it's more for branding than literally anything else yeah exactly and uh i mean that original theme song of course just it's a brain it worm you know it, and uh yeah, I just it'll be it's such an interesting that after all this time, leaning into the teenage is like the thing that could reinvigorate it in a way. Well, and I think because like teenage culture seems to be kind of like at its peak right now. Like, I don't think it's ever been in like the cultural zeitgeist. It's never been cooler to be a teenager, except I in could the see mid nineties. Uh, well, that it. In the mid '90s, it was coolest to be like 11 years old. You know, <laughs> you're right, you're that right. was kid power. You're right. You know, you're right. when for some somehow you were like 11, 
and your family lived in a giant like four bedroom you know craftsman <laughs> home and you had unlimited money and if some adult gave you guff you would just you know shoot them with a squirt gun and then they'd go and then Whoa. right off on your skateboard yeah yeah it would, so them, 80s you know. was about turtle power 90s was about kid power uh -huh. and then obviously now is about the, teen power. the 2000s was about government power you know post 9-11 i feel like it's kind of always been about government power in the background but you're yeah, right but it was real off. forefront it was they yeah. really forefront you're right you're right they were like how about some more yeah. uh, <laughs> and we were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds great let's, let's do, it. do it let's go <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the 2010s were marvel power where everything had to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It had mm -hmm. to be, or else... And it... we are definitely at the tail end of that. Oh, boy, aren't we just? Uh, this episode Vision? actually has... This hey, episode has the last uh, weekly review for Secret Invasion. Stay tuned. It's just a long, next. beleaguered sigh. <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't know what I was expecting for that show. I'm going to get into it in that section, but like... All right, I'm interested because I haven't watched any of it, but I read Lord. about it. I read about it. I was like, this sounds like a whole bunch of nothing. I don't, I don't think I've been viscerally disappointed in something that was Marvel since Love and Thunder. Mm. And it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> TLDR, it's bad. That sounds about right. I could have told you that. <laughs> All the doing log on Disney Plus, and it's just this gray picture of Samuel L. Jackson against a gate holding a gun, and you're like, Secret Invasion. And you're like, great. That's super cool, man. That looks like nothing. I, I have the theory, this theory that it wasn't even supposed to be Secret Invasion when they started this, and they just tacked that on because it was like, Let, let's look up uh, popular Marvel events. Oh, Secret Invasion. All right, let's do, let's do that. Fantastic. I love that. Let's just... Now Wait, we're just say that again. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic, <laughs> guys. Uh, I got it. <laughs> God, it's no. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, that's that must have been exactly what happened at that moment. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's all. That's not to make this a Marvel thing. But I've I'm super out. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't watch Love and Thunder or Eternals. Nope. Yo. Or even Ms. Marvel, even though I'm a Ms. Marvel fan, or She-Hulk, or Secret Invasion. She-Hulk was great. Or... I really loved She-Hulk. I haven't seen Guardians three yet, even though I know it's supposed to be really good. I'm Very just waiting good. for that one to hit Disney Plus. Yep. Um, uh, there's a bunch of other ones I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, completely. That's fair. Blanked on. That's fair. Yeah, yeah and and you're probably this living thing. a much more blessed life because you don't have to deal with this kind of thing. I know. I just me and my action figures. You and you and your NECA action figures. This my, this podcast brought to you by NECA. And my Funko Mickey Space Mountain pop. If anyone deserves to have that, it's you. Y'all, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second. Uh, go on to Matt's channel and watch the episodes that he... Uh, the episodes. The video he did on... Episodes, videos. I did this too just, with Doug last just time. Just don't call him on. content. Just don't call just, him content. Just, go to, just don't call it a comeback. <laughs> and I go, go on to Matt's channel, watch his video on Disney theme parks. It's incredible, incredible video that no one watched and they need to watch this because it's wonderful. As are all it's, of your videos, really. Well, I appreciate it. And as are all of your podcast episodes. You're just saying that because you're on the podcast episode. If I didn't think it, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't think it, I wouldn't be here. 
And we're like, that show's really shitty. How about I go on? I mean, you've got... Anyway, so I... <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry, Dallas. No. <laughs> um, uh, no, 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 no. We love... We love... We love them. They're they're incredible. No shade to them whatsoever. And but it's funny you say that. Plug plug plug. Plug plug. My let's YouTube let's plug channel. it up. Plug it up. YouTube, my YouTube channel. Find me on YouTube, Matt Draper. Um, in the day this is coming out, uh, I have my second half of my Gamera retrospective yeah! about the Heisei era. Wrapping it up. It's just two two videos on Gamera done. You know there wasn't a ton of Gamera, but there is that new Netflix Gamera coming out later yep. this year and. Talk about that. Some of the best kaiju movies ever. And funny that you talk about the Disney Parks stuff because I've got writing a new video right now. It is about Star Tours. Yeah, the yeah. only ride in the park that consistently gives me nausea. <laughs> It'll be about Star Tours and the history of Star Tours and how that led to the relationship between Disney and Lucas. Hell yeah. So. Hell yeah, man. I'm I'm excited for all that. And I, I will let you know, your Gamera video actually came in handy. I was talking to my um, my very soon-to-be uh, mother-in-law, and she was talking about, yeah, like Gamera's the, the three-headed dragon that flies off <laughs> and fights. And I was like, no, in fact, it's not, actually. <laughs> it's the funny turtle man. Like, <laughs> it's... So you go to Matt's channel... You get entertaining, visually stunning videos, and you learn things. What more could you want? A little money might help. A little money might help. Go go subscribe to his Patreon so that he <laughs> will eventually make uh, every video that I want him to make. It's going to happen. That's the idea. I believe it. And you should believe it, too. But yeah, uh, Matt, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure, man. Uh, also, go watch SummerSlam this weekend, I guess. Uh, see yeah. if you're right. Let's do it. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up doing this. I want to do the SummerSlam card. Okay. And we're gonna give very quickly lightning round predictions. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Logan Paul. I think so too. He's lost uh, a lot of matches. He could win this one. SummerSlam Battle Royal. LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. I agree. I think it's time. I think she's yeah. on. Her, I think Rousey's on her way out. I hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> uh, WWE Women's Championship three way: Oscar, Bianca Belair, or Charlotte. Uh, I hope Oscar. I you? hope Oscar too. Do you think there's going to be a cash in? Uh, yeah, that is the the thing. EO could come and cash in. I think that's that's that would be likely. I think that would be likely. Give Charlotte enough. Charlotte wins, <laughs> and then EO cashes on her immediately. Yeah, and so Charlotte gets another another rec like addition to her her title reign. She's almost to sixteen, I think. I know, one or two away or something like that. Um, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, Cody. I think Cody's wrapping this up. Set him up for the eventual Royal Rumble WrestleMania run again. Yep. Um, we have uh, Intercontinental title. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Oh, Gunther. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to break the record. I, I think. think so, too. That's so good. I, 
You know who I really want? I, I really want the night that he's supposed to break the record. I want Honky Talk Man to show up and try to stop him and try to get him pinned. I think he'd be incredible. <laughs> Just for one night only. Ref bump. Low blow. Guitar shot. Honky, Honky Talk Man thing. Honky Talk Man thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the two big championship matches, uh, world heavyweight title, uh, Seth versus Finn. Mm-hmm. I'm go Finn with I think this action. is the most difficult one to yeah because there's so many directions I want to see Finn too I want to see yeah. him beat him and then either we get like a month of Damien like teasing the cash in or he cashes in on him immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. either yeah. way be interesting. I think I think a Finn, good story Finn pins yeah I think so yeah Seth has been a good inaugural champ but you totally know they can, keep, they can they can move it forward they can they can roll and then uh, undisputed tribal combat, Roman versus Jay. I think Roman with a run in by uh, Cody. Cody runs in and and uh, crossroads is Jay three times. And three t- he crossroads is Jay and he says, "I'm going to be the one to beat Roman." Inter- that would be an interesting feud. The two of them feuding just to get there. I mm-hmm. think it's Roman as well. I see a Heyman interference and I see a Sami Zayn interference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. Could be a gobbledygooker also might show up. Gobbledygooker could show up. It's possible. It is not uh, not it is not, not possible. Correct. Wait. <laughs> Doing the math again. <laughs> but yeah, uh either way, SummerSlam, biggest party of the summer. It's in Detroit. Uh so go watch it on Peacock this week it's not sponsored obviously we just it's exciting to be uh excited about wrestling and uh it's exciting to be uh excited about turtle power yeah yeah so glad to be done with this show uh it is now time for the weekly review this is the segment of our show where i review something weekly and right now we are reviewing episodes five and six of secret invasion a show that i think will go down in the marvel history as that sure was a show that happened i am really it it's it's funny i felt weird about not talking about secret invasion last week because it was the big secret invasion episode and i wanted to make sure secret invasion was all the way through there and i decided kind of at the last minute when i was recording that no i want to talk about my adventures with superman and i'll set uh secret invasion for next week and Boy, am I glad I did that because, my God, I would not have had any nice things to say. It's it's funny because they, when this was announced, Secret Invasion, holy shit, that's great. They're going to be adapting this in some way. And then we got the first, you know, trailer, which looked really, really good. And then they said, oh, this is basically like a sequel to The Winter Soldier and how it's going to be like... Uh, political espionage and spycraft and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. This sounds really good. And then the first episode dropped and I thought, okay, this can be really, really good. And the second episode dropped and I was like, okay, this might actually be great. 
And so now we're here, and I, man, I don't think I have liked a Marvel project less than this, except maybe Thor Love and Thunder. I, I really do not like that movie, but I... I really think that this is going to be a show that not only do we not revisit when it comes to, like, the in-canon, like, storytelling, but also, man, are people going to forget about this real quick. They're talking about this being, like, this big next, you know, step for the MCU. This is the first Disney Plus show for Phase 5. They're supposed to come out swinging with this, and, you know, they didn't. (laughs) And I hate being negative. You know how much I hate being negative. It really, it bums me out. And I don't like bumming you out, but I do not, I do, I did not enjoy these last two episodes. I really, I went into um, episode five entitled Harvest on kind of like a, I think they can pull this off. They have to stick the landing. They've got two episodes to do this. I think that they can stick this because they just killed Talos, Talos, whatever, and there is so much that they can do from here. And then episode five is just, hey, y'all know how we've set up Gravik to be this, like, really cool villain with, like, an ideology and people following him. No, he's just gonna start killing his own people, and cool, great, solid, wonderful. Um... And then we get the the reveal that, oh, you know, Gravik's looking this, for this thing called the Harvest that Nick Fury has been keeping. And it's basically a repository of all... Am I using that correctly? Why don't I not think... Anyway, it's, it's, it's like a solid single collection of all of the superheroes' DNA and stuff so that the Skrulls, if they got their hands on it, could replicate their powers. So this is how we're getting to the Super Skrull stuff. But it seems like the Skrulls had already been working on this, right? They already had the four powers that were going to, you know, sub in for the Fantastic Four's powers for the regular Super Skrull. So we didn't need this. And when they go through, like, the list of all the superheroes that are on there... We don't need this. You have, like, in this list, you have, like, nine people there whose power is just super strength and agility. Like, you don't need all of that. And then when you see that part of that makes the most sense in the world is Captain Marvel's DNA. You don't need anybody's. You don't need anybody else's. You just need Captain Marvel's. They could have made this, hey, this whole MacGuffin is just Captain Marvel is going to that is the power set. That is what they're shooting for. That is their MacGuffin. And it just, it feels unnecessary. Uh, through all of this, through both this and the next episode, we've also got, you know, Skrull Rhodey, uh, Rava, who, God, what a dropped ball this was. Uh, convincing the president, hey, you know, Skrulls are Russians, and they're attacking, so we gotta bomb the Russians and the Skrulls, and it's really just a plot to bomb the Skrulls. And Fury was already like, hey, don't trust don't trust anybody, especially don't trust uh, Rhodey. But the president's just like, oh, I think I'm gonna trust him. Why, why, you know, why heed the word of this man who saved my life? And we go into 
episode six on this like big superhero suit up where Nick Fury puts on the leather coat and the eye patch like it's supposed to be his superhero suit and it's like it rings so hollow like I love the idea of like he's got all these like little mini bat caves like like Batman does all around the world that he can access at any given time but it's like why why who cares why would they need this? Like, why make this some big deal when it's obviously not going to be? And going into episode six, entitled Home, uh, we get, you know, the big reveal for Gravik. It's like, what happened? What happened? Why are they going to war with Nick Fury? Why are these scrolls, you know, being evil? And it comes down to Nick Fury's a dick! Nick Fury gave them a promise that hey i'm gonna find you a new home and it turns out nah, i got tired i don't want to do that anymore and upon all of the different alien planets in the marvel universe they just decided no nick fury lied which could be really interesting if you take the stance that nick fury is kind of a bad dude like they do in the comics but no, you're, spo- you're supposed to be still rooting for him against these people who he wronged. And Gravik, who, good lord, the actor playing Gravik, let me, let me pull up his name because I feel like he's, he did the most in this series. It's uh, Kingsley Benadir. He did the most that he could do with this material to try and put out a solid performance to give us a villain that you sympathized with though ultimately was on the wrong side of history but good lord does it mean absolutely nothing when you find out this whole confrontation with fury is not with fury and that you know the real fury is off taking out the uh the scroll roadie which that whole thing is like, oh, prove to me he's a scroll, And it's like, at this point, we should know. At this point, we should know how to prove a scroll is a scroll without killing them. We have spent six, nearly six hours on this. We should be able to suss something out by now. And we get, you know, this whole confrontation. Again, great monologue by uh, Ben Kingsley, ben, or Kingsley Benadir as Gravik, and then he, you know, turns on the machine, and then he and Nick Fury get superpowers, and I thought, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't need this, who needs this, who needs Samuel L. Jackson doing this, I don't think Samuel L. Jackson wants Samuel L. Jackson to be doing this, and then it's revealed, oh no, it was Gaia the whole time, and she was Skrull Nick Fury, and... Nick Fury is actually, you know, at the hospital doing the whole standoff with Rhodey. And then we just get a stupid punch him up. Like, I thought we covered... This was the funniest thing. Was we covered this in She-Hulk. Again, one of the reasons that show is phenomenal and y'all were just mean. This is exactly what that She-Hulk finale was talking about. When, uh, when She-Hulk you know, stepped out into the writer's room and then went and confronted the robot Kev, was like, this doesn't make any sense. No one wants just a big old punch-em-up fight for no reason. And 
that's exactly what this was. It was two randos who we have not been given enough to care about punching each other in an abandoned, you know, junkyard. Like, how are we supposed to be invested in this? I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Um, Gravit gets killed. Rhodey gets killed. Uh, they find everybody else after and they're like oh my god everybody's alive oh my god there's roadie roadie how long have you been a scroll and the the writers do not even give you an answer to that why ask the question why ask the question if you're not going to give us an answer to that and you can do the hand wavy thing of like oh armor wars is coming up and roadie will answer that question then no he won't no he won't no he won't he's not going to answer it they're not going to answer it. They're going to say, oh, well, we had this conversation. Rhodey's up to speed on everything. It doesn't matter. And ultimately, that's the thing that bothers me about this show is that it doesn't matter. By the end of it, you know, we get the the heel turn of the president being like, all the scrolls are enemies and any alien combatants are immediately to be killed on sight. And then they've got people like scrambling in the streets, killing elected officials, which is bad. It's bad. And then we get, you know, um, Livia Coleman's character whose name escapes me and I do not feel like looking her up, uh, recruiting Gaia to go off into the never seen again, you know, <laughs> the, the, the never seen again club, which we will never see them again. And then Nick Fury leaves with his wife back up to where he came from in the first episode. So none of this mattered. None of this mattered whatsoever like it's it's baffling it's a baffling choice i i know we're gonna see you know fury again in the marvels i want to bet you a dollar that his wife does not show up or that if it does that if she does she's just walking by does not even get a line does not get a line of dialogue in this movie I am very curious to see what the hell happens there. But overall, just what a waste of time this show was. And maybe it's just because I'm coming fresh off of rereading Secret Invasion as a comic book event. And that whole event rules. But this was just not it, gang. This was not it. We got the trailer for Loki. And good lord, October 6th cannot come soon enough. I... I loved, and I talked about it before, I loved Loki. I loved the first season of Loki. Surprisingly, I was not excited for Loki. And then I absolutely adored that show. But man, they're going to have to do a lot. They are going to have to do a lot to wipe off the stink of Secret Invasion. It's bad. It's bad. But that does it, thankfully, for Secret Invasion on the... Uh, on the weekly review next week we'll be resuming my adventures with superman and boy i've got a lot to say about that show so join me for that next week but for now let's roll right on into this week's comics countdown welcome back to this week's comics countdown for the week of august 2nd 2023 this is the segment of our show where i'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week whether it's at your local comic book shop or comicsology or however you pick up your comics these are the ones i think you should definitely take a look at but before we get into this week's books we got to take a look back at last week's books with the geek explain pick of the week of last week and y'all Buddy, I, I mean, look, all of those comics, 
all of the comics last week were dynamite. All of them were incredible. But Hellfire Gala 2023 is a comic that I will not be forgetting anytime soon. I might do like a full breakdown on that comic. If you're interested in that, let me know. Feel free to reach out social media at Pod or through email. I There is so much about that issue that I just, nothing else even touched it. I... I don't get viscerally moved by comic books very often, but when I do, I gotta talk about them. And Secret, Jesus, Hellfire Gala is just, oh my god. I don't want to spoil it. I'm sure if you are a comic book reader or just a comic book fan, you've had most of it swelled for you already. Go read the issue. Oh my god. It is something to behold. A roller coaster. But not the fun kind, like the Final Destination 3 kind, that you just cannot get off of. You cannot look away. It was tremendous. But that's last week's book. This week, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six books for you to check out. And we are, I think, appropriately kicking things off with two X-Men slash X-Men adjacent books. The first one being Magneto number one. This is written by J.M.D. Matias with art by Todd Knock. We love Todd Knock's art. And J.M.D. Matias has been doing a bunch of throwback miniseries recently. And I'm really excited about this one. And not just because we're missing some Magneto in our lives right now. Let's dig into the synopsis. Magneto was right. In so many ways. Just so many ways. Uh, Magneto burst onto the scene as the most diabolical of evil mutants. But when Professor Xavier must leave the planet for life-saving treatment, Magneto inherits a new title. Teacher. With the new mutants under his tutelage, how will these young and powerful mutants learn to take orders from a supervillain? and one who tried to kill them and their predecessors. There are two sides to every story, and J.M. Matias and Todd Nock weave a tale that will show how Magneto was right from a certain point of view. In fact, one mutant known as Iray, in her first ever appearance, has taken Magneto's lessons to heart in a way that will upend even the Master of Magnetism's best strategies. Get ready for an all-new saga set during Magneto's tenure as headmaster of the New Mutants, and learn how the once-diehard villain emerged as a conflicted figure in the saga of the X-Men. So yeah, I'm really excited about this. I love Magneto. I love this era of Magneto as well, because he's got the big ol' M costume. It looks so dumb, and it's so incredible. I hope they keep him in it for the whole series. I don't know how many issues this is, but I am excited to find out. Next up, we have Scarlet Witch number 7. This is written by Steve Orlando with art by Sarah Pacelli, Pichelli, Cinderella. And I am very curious how Scarlet Witch comes out of the Hellfire Gala, because I don't believe she was there, but... There's a whole lot of other stuff going on, uh, not to, not least of which is possibly Magneto showing up her door. I have a feeling that it's Joseph, my boy, 90s Magneto Joseph, but we're just going to have to find out. Uh, synopsis goes like this. Journey into Oz. Wanda swore to help anyone who walked through her door, but what happens when that person is a villain? 
When Nelson Gruber, a.k.a. Bookworm, comes through the last door seeking aid to kill wicked witches in a corner of Oklahoma that's been transformed into Emerald City, Wanda must choose between honoring her covenant and going against her own principles. Now the Scarlet Witch has attracted the attention of a dangerous new foe, introducing Nicola Zosimos, a.k.a. Hexfinder. Plus, a bonus page written by Jonathan Hickman, who are the gods? Yeah, we got the first uh, little hint at these people in Hellfire Gala uh, 2023, and I'm stoked! Johnny Hicks is cooking up something both here and in the Ultimate Universe, looking great. Next up, we have Justice Society of America number five. This is written by Jeff Johns, with art by Mikel Janine and Jerry Ordway, and I hate to say it, this is going to be my last pickup of Justice Society. I love the JSA. I love them with a passion. I love all of those characters. The delays for this book have killed any enthusiasm I have for it. It's unfortunate. I'm I'm a selfish completionist, so I will be picking up uh, the rest of, you know, I will be picking up this issue to complete that first arc, but man, have those delays killed any kind of enthusiasm I had for this. And it's, you know, again, unfortunately, it is the story of Jeff John's led books is that they just get delayed into oblivion. Like, I, I don't know why it keeps happening. And it's unfortunate because I love these characters and people should be reading these characters, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but let's dive into the synopsis and finish off this story. Huntress's journey through time comes to a head as the person chasing her through the timeline has finally caught up to her. Is this the end of the line for Helena Wayne? I hope not, but we'll see. Uh, next up, we have Doctor Strange number six, a book that I have been loving from issue to issue and has not been heavily delayed. Uh, this is written by Jed McKay with art by Juan Gideon, and this book might be the best book coming out at Marvel right now. It's tough. It's tough, especially when you've got the Hellfire Gala stuff and the X-Men stuff, which has rekindled, I think, everyone's interest in this book, or in that line anyway. But this book is so freaking good, and we're about to get into something that I've been worrying about for a long time, and that is the Millennia War. <sighs> AKA the War of the Seven Spheres. I am so excited to learn more about this. Let's dig into the synopsis. Many years ago, Doctor Strange fought in a 5,000-year battle called the War of the Seven Spheres. But what was it, and how did it create the mysterious threat that plagues Strange today? I am stoked on this! It looks like this is also going to have the God's preview page, but I freaking... Oh, I love this book, and I'm really excited to see, to get the uh, the backstory on Stephen Strange, warrior of the War of the Seven Spheres. Next up, we have Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number six. This is written by Tom Taylor with art by Clayton Henry. I believe this might be the last... I don't know if this is the last issue or if this is just the last issue for the John Kent arc, but it says in Justice Saga finale on the cover, so I guess we will find out. Let's dig into the synopsis. Super Sun versus Super Sun. It's Batman versus Superman. Super Sun versus Super Sun. Injustice Superman is ruling with a fist of steel. Can John Kent free an entire world? And what could he lose if he tries? So we have to know that this isn't going to work. 
We have to know that injustice is going to continue or else the rest of the story doesn't happen. But man, am I really excited to see how that all shakes out. This is going to be a great one. Cannot wait to pick this up. But of course, the big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely pick up, especially after last week, is X-Men number 25. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Stefano Caselli. I am stoked on this. I am very, very excited to see what happens here. Um, this is gonna, oh man, this is gonna be great. Uh, let's just dig into the synopsis. The Fall. She's been known as Kitty, Sprite, Ariel, Red Queen, and Captain Kate. Now, as a new X-Men team finds their way through their darkest hour, Shadow Cat emerges. Yeah, it's Ninja Kitty time! We got the unveiling of this look, I believe, during uh, WonderCon, or maybe shortly after that. Um, I am so freaking excited about this, especially after the Hellfire Gala. This is going to be incredible. I'm going to be on the lookout for that Momoko design variant. Let me tell you what. It is... God, it's such a cool design! And with the new status quo for Kitty, or Cat as she is going to be going by, according to the interview that Jerry Duggan did with Cerebro. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this. Uh, for anyone who was kind of falling out of favor with the X line, if last week's Hellfire Gala did not get you back into it, I don't know what to tell you. This is going to be one for the ages. But that does it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we've got Magneto number one, Scarlet Witch number seven, Justice Society of America number five, Doctor Strange number six, Adventures of Superman John Kent number six, and X-Men number 25. A very X-heavy week, appropriately, so I think it's time that you head on over to your excellent LCS and pick up some extraordinary comics. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I'm doing here, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here live on the podcast. You can write literally anything you want. I will be forced to read every single word to the letter. As long as you give me those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can write. And you'll be able to join the likes of our now Sinister 17. Uh, Y'all are coming clutch in a very big way. Uh, I have a goal to meet before my birthday on August 12th to get five more reviews and I've already got two of them so we just need three more to make that happen and I believe we can do it we've got just over a week and a half uh, I believe we can do this gang but uh, we have our now sinister 17 including Seafire ND Joshua's Panels to Pixels Matt Draper Burrito Man 88 Doug from For Every Kind of Geek Don Swanson That Guy Brian Mouth Dork Dallas Meeks Amazing Spider Fan A-Lock and AZ Sass Jedi Jesse 20, Ken 4656, Director Hall, and now our two brand new members. First off, from Mullet Overlord, who writes five stars, 
greatest book club in the multiverse. Yes, thank you. Uh, This podcast is amazing. From educational, thought-provoking main feed episodes to the hilarious and sometimes unhinged book club. Yes, you're correct. Uh, To even well-crafted theories on the future of international espionage. Uh, this the Mullenorva Lord sent a uh, sent a email to the book club last week, and he's he's been listening, been listening. Um, Eric has created what might be seen as a dot 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 closed loop of entertainment. No, wait, I can see it clearer now. It's a circle, a circle of life and death. Oh gods, it's the whole in things run. We will cue Jacob's goblin laugh later this Friday. Tune in. Tune in. I'll make sure Jacob gives us the goblin laugh. Uh, thank you so much, Mullet Overlord. And our other, our next interview, or next interview, our next review comes from Invisible Man 11, who writes best comic podcast, five stars. This is the best comic book podcast out there. Thank you so much. I have learned about so many new comics from the show and look forward to new episodes every Wednesday. Ah, appreciate you, Invisible Man 11. But yes, thank you so much to Invisible Man 11 and Mullet Overlord and to everyone who has left a review so far. I really appreciate it. We got three to go. I think we can make it happen. Cannot wait to read your reviews. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header and I will read it here on the Wednesday show. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, uh, maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, or if you want first notification when things drop or big announcements for the podcast are announced, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GeeksplainedPod. That's at GeeksplainedPod. As I continue to figure out how to be good at Instagram and for as long as Twitter, I will not call it X, uh, is around for who knows who knows maybe we need to make the jump to threads i've heard the uh the big exodus to threads is starting to slow down so who knows we'll just have to see but if you want to keep up to date with us that will be the place to be finally this friday and every single friday i alongside my fellow flash family put on the geek explained book club we're currently in season four of the book club and we are going through every single issue of every single volume of the flash rebirth this week we are tackling volume nine and oh boy this is uh woof it is an interesting time in the flash rebirth read uh you're gonna want to hear what we have to say about it Guaranteed you're going to want to hear what we have to say about it. So tune in this Friday and every Friday. Flash Fridays are a real thing, so be there or be square, not a circle. Mullet overlord. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Huge thanks and ups to Matt for coming on the show. It's always, always amazing whenever he comes on. Uh, I couldn't believe that it had been eight months since we've had him on the show uh the last episode he was on was the uh, do a powerbomb episode and i can't that was back in december time is moving by ever faster my god woof well again huge thanks to matt Always love having him on. You will hear him again. He is, like I said at the top of this, a recurring guest star at this point. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel, putting on some of the best stuff on YouTube. Not just Comic Tube, not just Godzilla Tube. 
not just film tube. He is putting on some of the best stuff in all of YouTube, and uh, he deserves your likes, your subscribes, your views, your clicks, all of it. So make sure you give that to him. I will be linking his uh, YouTube channel in the show notes, but also just go to YouTube and type in Matt Draper. You'll find him. He's great. Do it. But that is going to do it again for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Next week is going to be my birthday episode. It's not going to specifically be on my birthday. I think it's next Saturday. We drop episodes on Wednesdays. You know the drill. You know the drill by now. But it is going to be my birthday episode, and I'm going to be talking about something that's pretty near and dear to my heart. So join me, won't you? Next week, same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I have been Eric Kazana. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time. Yeah.